Welcome to Ms. Lyrics Poetry Outlaws, a show about all things poetry. I'm your host, Catherine Owen. Good morning, Outlaws. It's an absolutely glorious day here today. Yesterday it rained, and today everything is just glowing. There's a tiny little bit of frost on the roofs this morning, but it's promising to be this gloriously glowing day in which I can do some of the things that I love to do that are at the core of my life, reading and writing, and also a little bit of tutoring and editing and working with one of the poets that I mentor. So I'm a very lucky human. And today I want to do an homage to the poet from Charlottetown, Milton Acorn. I see that it was just the 100th anniversary, uh, well, he would have been 100 years old on March 30th, and the CBC did a little write-up on him saying that he would have been 100 years old today. Uh, He was born in Charlottetown, he died in Charlottetown, he was born in 1923, and he died in 1986. And the CBC talks to, uh, well, they mostly talk to the current uh, Poet Laureate of Prince Edward Island. Um, Her name is, do-do-do-do-do, scrolling, Tanya Davis. And she talks about how important honesty was to his work and that he was outspoken and that we need outspoken poets. And so I'm glad he did his thing. Um, Milton Acorn was a renegade, a true outlaw. Um, he was considered one of Canada's most important poets, they say, but I don't think he's read or listened to very much today in terms of his recordings. He was a character, <laughs> to put it mildly. I first encountered Milton Acorn. Of course, he died before I was Uh, able to be fully conscious of his uh, being in the world. But when I met Chad Norman in the 90s, he was very into Milton Acorn. I think he, in some way, found a kin voice and uh, energy in a poet like Milton Acorn, who wasn't afraid to ever say what he thought, and whose poetry was blustery and political and full of passion and rough around the edges and definitely didn't come from academia in any way. He was a carpenter who'd suffered an injury during World War II and so was on a partial disability. And he just uh, never suffered fools and was always uh, speaking his mind, which as I've said many times on this podcast, is harder and harder to do in this climate for multiple reasons. Um, Extreme political correctness, uh, worry about job security, uh, feeling that you need to at all times uh, be nice so that you are more likely theoretically to be considered for the big prizes. And one of the stories I remember hearing about Uh, Milton is that he was up for the GG in 1969 for his uh, book 
that is kind of his, you know, essential text. I've tasted my blood, his masterwork. It was up for the GG and he lost. And so that's when a lot of his peers, his kin, at the time, Margaret Atwood, Eli Mandel, Irving Layton, and my dog father, Joe Rosenblatt, created this People's Poet Award in 1970 and gave it to him. And that award continued for a long period of time. Uh, I think maybe even Chad won it at one point. Um, So when I started hanging out with Joe Rosenblatt in around 1996, uh, and he died in 2019, so it was 23 years that we were in each other's lives and interacting with each other's art. And he was friends with Milton, of course, good friends, and also with Gwendolyn McEwen, who was briefly married to Milton in 1962. I'm going to do an homage to Gwendolyn McEwen next week. I can't believe I haven't done one yet, but I think I got a little confused because Susan McCaslin had recited a poem of Gwendolyn McEwen, so I thought maybe I'd done an homage, but I haven't, and she's certainly an important Canadian poet. But yeah, she was briefly married to Milton when she was, well, she was a lot younger than him, and it was kind of like almost a like a, a Frida, Frida Kahlo and Diego Rivera situation with the, the younger beauty and the older kind of craggy, elephantine, you know, raucous beast of a, a poet. And uh, so, yeah, they, they were married briefly. And Joe used to tell me little stories about them. And, and one of them was after they split up and Milton was, you know, feeling very tragic and overwhelmed with emotion. And, and he decided to go on the roof to fix something. And he was teetering around with a bottle and, you know, he was, and Joe was trying to, he was yelling at him to not fall off the roof. And so he, he was always this edgy energy. Uh, you never knew what he was going to do and say next. I'm going to read a little bit from James Deal's introduction to the Northern Red Oak that he published in 1987. And then I'll finish with a poem of Milton's. So yes, he was born in Charlottetown. My father's side of the family comes from Prince Edward Island, so I feel bonded to him a bit there. Uh, And he died of heart disease and diabetes in 1986. Uh, Gwendolyn McEwen wrote, You could go for years without seeing him, and yet he'll always be there somehow, a great craggy presence at the back of your mind, a gnarled tree and silhouette on the horizon. Or El Purdy said, The acorn tree always walked on its roots and always into sunlight. So Milton was a tireless traveler, an incessant reader. He was always hopping on a train to the new part of uh, the country. He started focusing on writing in 1950. His first slim collection, Love and Anger, was published in Montreal in 56. At this time, a son was born, but he was given up for adoption. Um, Milton tracked down Alperti and Irving Layton in 1957 and became involved in the Montreal scene. So uh, a lot of people say, well, for all of Milton's kind of ragged, rugged uh, rampantness, he seemed to be in the right place at the right time always when it came to literary scenes. So he established himself in Montreal. Then he moved to Toronto and he uh, connected with the Bohemian Embassy run by Don Cullen and John Robert Colombo. 
and he fell in with them and Ray Souster. And then he um, connected with Atwood and Dennis Lee and McEwen and, and Rosenblatt, got married to McEwen. They broke up. Um, Souster published Milton's first full-size book, Jawbreakers, through Contact Press in 1963. Then he bopped over to Vancouver, where the BC poetry scene was just getting underway, and he connected with Dorothy Livesay, Bill Bissett, Red and Pat Lane, Maxine Gadd, and Seymour Maine. Uh, and then he organized poetry readings at the Advanced Mattress and was part of the very Stonehouse um, publishing company. And then in 1969, he left Vancouver. Then he went back to Toronto, where he published I've Tasted My Blood by the Ryerson Press in 69 and got the People's Poetry Award in 1970, lived for around 12 years there, he eventually won the GG for the Island Means Monago in 1975. And uh, James Deal talks about how he shared an apartment with Milton Acorn for two years, which I'm sure must have been a fantastically bizarre and uh, interesting <laughs> time. Uh, he connected then with Joe Blades, Bruce Meyer, Ted Plantos, Robert Priest, Gary Shikatani. And then he returned to Charlottetown, 81 to 86, where he died. But before that, he got to know Libby Otten and Richard Lem of Ragweed Press. And um, he published other books there. And just as he was about to die, he uh, had Whiskey Jack come out. And James Deal says Milton saw himself following the tradition in Canadian poetry established in the 19th century by Isabella Valancey Crawford and Archibald Lampman. And he was very interested in encouraging younger poets. He would tirelessly read manuscripts and give advice. He was the most accessible literary figure in Canada. He would attend poetry readings and stay for the open set. He gave countless readings himself, his passionate delivery and personal rapport with his audience helped put the voice back into Canadian poetry. He was um, interested in a very wide range of poetry from Tom Wayman to Margaret Atwood and also Yeats and Lowell and Neruda and Lorca and so forth. And as James Deal says, you know, whether or not he's read as much as he perhaps could or should be today, he remains uh, a force and presence in Canadian poetry. So thank you to Milton Acorn. And now I will read I Shout Love from June 1958. I shout love. I shout love in a blizzard scarf of curling cold. For my heart's a furred, sharp-toothed thing that rushes out whimpering when pain cries the sign writ on it. I shout love into your pain when skies crack and fall like slivers of mirrors and rounded fingers blued as a great rake pluck the bald yarn of your brain. I shout love at petals peeled open by stern nurse fusion bomb sun terribly like an adhesive bandage for love and pain, love and pain are companions in this age. You've been listening to Miss Lyrics Poetry Outlaws. Stay fierce, word musicians.